from the front lines of the green rush. This is Green Entrepreneur, where business owners talk about how they found success in cannabis and how you can too. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Green Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is John Small, and I am the editor-in-chief of Green Entrepreneur. My very special guest today is Bob Blair, who is the chief marketing officer at Jones Soda. And many of you probably are familiar with Jones Soda. They are a craft soda company with drinks like Blue Bubblegum Cane Sugar, one of my favorites. But you might not know that last April, Jones entered the cannabis business in California, launching their new brand, Mary Jones which includes four different product lines of low-dose cannabis-infused soda and syrup and gummies. And Jones is entering a hot new market of cannabis-infused drinks. We write about it all the time at Green Entrepreneur. So I want to talk to Bob about why Jones got into the business and how they plan to position themselves in a somewhat crowded marketplace. So Bob, B-O-H-B Blair, Welcome. Jonathan, thanks for having me. How you doing, man? Hey, man. It's great to see you again. So first of all, for those who might not be familiar with Jones Soda, tell us what the actual, what Jones Soda is, like kind of what their, what their positioning is in the market, et cetera. Yeah. Jones Soda is this awesome indie craft soda company that's been around for 25 years. And we love where we sit within the soda category. We're the biggest indie, right? You know, if, you, if you're looking at some proverbial chart of all the soda brands, we're like hilariously right in the middle. And on our left are the big soda brands. We, yeah, say like that, big soda. Big soda. Big soda. And, you know, <laughs> like I think right next to us, you might see somebody like Sprite or somebody to the left, right? And then you go to the right and you start to see all these smaller regional brands that are, you know, in pockets and doing interesting things or whatever. And there we are, right? The biggest of the indies. And it's it's just such an interesting spot to be in. Jones has put out 150 unbelievably weird and some delicious, many delicious, some unbelievably obnoxious flavors over the years. But what it shows is just a history of making great, but crazy and unexpected decisions with our soda. When the brand launched, it was not sold in traditional grocery stores. It was sold in tattoo parlors and record stores and just this brand that's just really cool, really authentic, it's been around, you know, since I was in high school, that's how old I am. And, you know, and it's just been a really interesting brand. And um, the place that we hold in people's hearts and minds is wonderful because they tend to know us and they know our brand and they have some, you know, experience with the brand, but they also tend to know us for the things that we've done, like putting people's photos on our labels and their quotes under the caps of our soda and things like that. So it's just great. It's great to, to have a brand as credible and authentic as Joe's. Yeah. So in sort of in, in the spirit of the weirdness and kind of unorthodoxy of the brand, Jones entered the cannabis market, right? You're doing cannabis infused soda. I guess it kind of makes sense. Why did the company do it? Like, why did they decide to get in cannabis? Did they see some, some opportunity there? I think there's probably one kind of thing that launched us into the idea of looking. And then there were three wonderful equities that we saw as to why we should do it. Why would we do this? It's, it's just reality is, and you know, you can visit our Wikipedia page to, to check any of this stuff out, right? It's not no secrets. We're a publicly traded company. We're a brand that every Everyone's heard of, but we don't sell that, you know, shocking amount of soda a year in the world of, of mainline Jones. And I, for a brand that everyone knows and everyone's heard of, and you know, that we only sell 15,000, 50 million in soda a year. So it's, it's a brand that's brand equity outpaces the current soda business. And so when you're looking at a situation like that, you say, well, do I reinvest 
in soda to scale up and take advantage of the equity and the opportunity that we have? Or do we look next to ourselves at adjacent categories where those equities might be really powerful, right? And so as the brand was looking, and this was before my time, you know, they were considering other places that they could extend the Jones equity. And they looked at alcohol, pre-mixed drinks, they looked at all sorts of things. But once they looked at cannabis, they realized there was just a match there. And lucky for me, that's when I got the call to come in and join the team because one of the things I was asked to do was to look at the overall Jones brand, but really launch cannabis and figure out what is our brand? What are we doing? What are we figuring out? So that that decision had been made, but crafting the brand and kind of our opportunity was the thing that we were figuring out. And the opportunity was always basically three things. And you probably have been talking about these things a lot, regardless of what brand is. Edibles, as well as the beverages that sit within edibles, are a teeny little part of the category right now. You know, I think people talk about it like 3%, right? But it's the fastest momentum part of the category. It's doubled year over year last three years, right? It's it's happening fast and people are really excited about this format. And so we saw momentum as being almost more exciting than scale. The next thing we saw was that that momentum was in making beverages, but that's an area the category is incredibly kind of underdeveloped. You know, there's not a lot of people successfully manufacturing beverages. There's not a lot of brands making it. It requires a certain amount of capability and know-how that not everybody has in place right now. And so we thought, wow, just the reality that we know how to make soda, and we've been doing it for 25 years and kind of a scrappy way, that's a huge amount of thing that we can bring to the category too. And then the third thing, is kind of our secret weapon that we we've only you know continued to appreciate how powerful it is, but that's our flavors. In cannabis, flavor and taste has been, and I will be generous, kind of a masking agent. You know, it's been used as something to cover up things. And I can't say that there's that many, and there's notable exceptions, but there's not that many brands out there that you would crave from a flavor standpoint. No, it's a problem. Yeah. We saw a huge opportunity to leapfrog that and say, let's not use flavor as something to cover up cannabis. Let's use flavor as something to be excited about, right? And what if we came out with products that tasted literally exactly like our mainline soda? So that was what we did. And all the flavor formulations and all the work we did was to make cannabis products that taste just like our mainline product. What are the flavors that you can get currently? We decided to launch with four fan favorite flavors from Jones to just really kind of give a nice portfolio, but, but, you know, get out there with four flavors. So you can have the green apple, berry lemonade, root beer, and orange and cream from, and these are the exact signature flavors from Jones. We customized them for cannabis only in the ways you need to, to make them taste still exactly like themselves. Once you put the cannabis in it. Right. I was going to ask. So that, so you probably had to work a little hard to make sure that it tasted like the original soda, but just happened to have that cannabis kick. 100%. And, you know, we, we worked with the flavor scientist from Jones. Her name's Sarah. Wonderful person. Sarah Jones. Yeah. She's the one that um, was our partner in crime the whole time developing these flavors and all of our upcoming flavors as well, because we're pulling them out of the Jones archive. And then we're putting the mainline Jones on the table. And then we're doing all the work you need to do to make it taste exactly the same. Now, I'm curious, you guys could have like dipped your toes in the water by doing like a CBD Jones. And then you could have been, you know, it just would have probably made your life a little easier in terms of distribution. You could have been in pre in most states, et cetera, et cetera. But you decide to go the cannabis route, which is much trickier and much more regulated. So why did you go like full steam ahead with like a THC infused drink? I think people who 
first of all, for anyone who uses THC, the idea that you would offer them a CBD infused beverage and tell them it has anything to do with the other is just laughable. It's a completely different promise and a completely different offering to the consumer. And so for us, it just didn't seem like those were apples to apples. Also, we've just been noticing that the CBD space, as much as, what do they call it? CBDG. It's like the new, you know, when are consumer packaged goods and CBD merging? But that space has tilted itself towards uh, health claims and health benefits. And we are proud of what we are, but we're a full flavor experience. And while we offer a Jones diet, no one drinks it. It's really about our full flavor sodas that people are excited about. And we thought our equity isn't in health claims. Our equity is in flavor experience. And that flavor experience best matches up to a THC full dosed experience. All right. So right now you can only get Jones in California. Jones is actually based in Seattle. Why did you guys choose to start in California rather than Washington? We did a lot of advanced work looking at markets on where we should prototype and pilot. And the reality is that there's only a handful of markets that have been legal for longer periods of time to develop a certain amount of market maturity and infrastructure. Now, interestingly, Washington State is one of those markets, but California has a uniqueness to it and that it's the most robust market in place right now. There's existing infrastructure to tap into. There's existing manufacturing partners. There's existing distribution partners. There's a highly mature consumer base, right? And so we knew that if we went to California, what we could focus on was our brand, our products, seeing if the consumer demand was what we thought it was, see if retail responded the way we assumed they would, and really get to market without the encumbrances of building the infrastructure also. So now that we've done that and we're out in California, we're getting all that feedback that we're looking for. It is just much faster for us to reapply that model and make the you know, the nuanced changes you need to for regulations or for capability. But for us to get up and running in another market now is a much more kind of defined uh, opportunity. So you're you, but you are limited in the amount of places that you can sell Jones. So right now, where could one buy Jones in California? Definitely at the dispensaries, right? Is that it? Well, I mean, any cannabis infused product you're dealing with legal dispensary sales. Now, a lot of those dispensaries offer um, delivery and we'll be launching launching our D2C offering very soon. So everyone can get it delivered, but that is still through a dispensary that's holding a license. You know, So right now in California, and you can find any of this on our website, go Mary Jones for our product finder and all that, but we love our partners at Sweetleaf. They're carrying our products across all of LA, Green Goddess in Venice Beach, Embark up in the Bay Area. They were our launch partners where they signed on to take the product immediately upon release to just really be part of our launch. And then from there, we capped our dispensary list at a pretty finite list just to make sure that we launched with a really controlled set of partners. And right now we're already in about 60 dispensaries throughout California, selling already off the shelves. And so we're excited that we're there and we've been purposely capping it until we um, are able just to make sure we're uh, at scale with everything else. So it's a different beast. Obviously, again, it's a different beast than the Jones soda, just the Jones soda proper. So how do you market this product? Jones has always clever, interesting. It's a really great marketing brand. So I'm wondering like what creative things you guys are doing to market Jones in the cannabis space. Well, you know, lucky for us, there's a playbook that's already been, you know, in place for the last 20 years on what Jones does. And there's so many fun things to pull from that. One of the first things that we did is, is, you know, looking at Mary Jones is to say, 
how do we take all these expected wonderful things that Jones has already done and just put a little cannabis twist on them, right? And so, you know, some of the things that continue to celebrate the romance of Jones mainline brand of engaging with people and having them send photos to us and putting them on our label, that is such if you think about the fact that we've been doing that long before Instagram existed, it's just been a really interesting thing, you know, and for us, you know, when we were launching Mary Jones, we were looking at this and saying, wow, we want to put photos on the label, but you know, we haven't even announced this brand publicly yet. Obviously no one has sent their photos to us yet. So we went into the Jones archive and to me, this is a mind boggling number, but when I logged in to the Jones photo archive of unused pictures, 552,000 photos in this folder of people who didn't tag us on Instagram, people who sent a form, who filled out a form, who gave us photography license. Like these people are engaged, right? So we went through and we found um, a launch batch of photos from people who are Jones fans that had sent them in. And we reached out to each one individually and said, hey, we're launching this cannabis brand. Would you be open to us using your photo? Oh my God, the responses we got were just so enthusiastic and so excited. And so for us, like a lot of that fan engagement is a core part of what we're doing in the marketing playbook. And a lot of it is storytelling and being out there and doing kind of that balance of social and press-driven storytelling out in the ether, and then very targeted, programmatic-driven, you know, messages to consumers of dispensaries that you know very much that they're age verified and you know very much where they live and where they shop so that you can be controlled. Because, you know, it's a very regulated marketing environment as much as it's a regulated product environment. So in, in California, certainly where I live in LA, there are at least before COVID, there was all this talk about all these cannabis lounges opening up. And there's even like the one, uh, what is it? I'm down in Palm Springs that everyone. Yeah, the one in Palm Springs at Vegas. Well, okay. So we're talking about California now, but is your vision to have like Jones in those cannabis lounges to have people order a Jones, like they could order one in a restaurant? Yeah. You know, I think that's not just our vision. I think the vision of beverage and cannabis beverage overall is to grow with the current way people shop and use it, you know, buying it at a dispensary, using it at home or a social part event. But if you think about the wider opportunity of how people use recreational beverages today, you have to look at beer and spirits. And the on-premise part of that experience is a huge part of it, whether you're going to a bar or whether you're expecting to order a drink when you're at another event. And it just shows how much runway there is in cannabis when you think about what sits between where we are now and the infrastructure that exists for those types of products. You see like music festivals and things like that experimenting with like different models to see how to bring on-premise consumption to those types of events. And I just think it shows us maybe a, a signal of opportunity of where it's going to go when that stuff scales. So at this point, it's still a, a relatively small market uh, compared to like a flower market, but there are some big players in California. I mean, I've, we've had the guys from Can on the show, they've had a lot of success. And I'm just wondering how you sort of differentiate yourself from, and then who knows, like if Pepsi's going to see your success and all of a sudden decide, hey, we should do a cannabis soda in uh, California, right? They're copying you. They probably should. I'll be proud of them when they copy yeah, us. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's fine. I mean, you guys always have that sort of angle of being a craft. So what is your kind of sell to kind of differentiate yourself from those guys? First of all, we love Can, both as a product and as people. What a great company. And, you know, They've just been wonderful. KSS, our, our distribution and sales partner, also does CAN, for instance. So for us, the understanding of our relationship for the beverage category and how if you walk down a grocery store and you see a bunch of sodas 
you would expect to pass some LaCroix and you would expect to pass some seven ups and you'd expect to pass some Jones. And then you, there's things that go for different consumers and there's things that match different motivations and flavors. And so for us to say that there is a, a beverage that's lower calorie than us, a lighter flavor than us and a much lower dose than us. Great. That sits right there next to us on the shelf. We think we complement that perfectly. And we think consumers need that array of choice. We made a decision not to compete in the seltzer part of the market, both because it's cluttered, but also because that's not where our equity shines. Our equity shines in full flavor. And we thought that went best with full dose. So for us, a 10 milligram is the lowest dose we make. You want to microdose it, share it. I'll probably be sharing my Jones, but but I, it sounds... It sounds pleasant. I can't wait to try one. All right. So what is next? Where are you guys? So California is kind of a testing ground. You're trying out some stuff. You got a huge market here. What are you, what are you guys thinking next? There's two conversations going on very aggressively. One is just to get our full portfolio out in California. Now, we launched with our 10 milligram, 12 ounce glass bottle product, which looks and tastes so much exactly like our mainline Jones. But what's coming next and very, very soon is our 16 ounce, 100 milligram can. And, you know, for people, especially you in California, if you go into a dispensary, there is a significant amount of consumers looking for either the sessionability of a 10 dose product or a larger potent experience. And that's up to them. Right. And so we want to give something for that area. And I have to say, I'm a high dose consumer personally, and I really enjoy these products. We formulated our hundred milligram. It tastes almost exactly the same as our 10 milligram. It's incredible. And uh, we think people are going to love that. And then we also have some uh, edibles formats that are available that we're going to be launching one in California and some of the other markets will be using some, uh, some things where for years, I was actually looking around my office, see if I have one, but for years, Jones has put out carbonated candy. It's a tablet. It fizzes in your mouth. It tastes just like our like pop rocks. Yeah. You know, it's so fun and it's a very popular product in Canada and you know, it's sold all over the place. We're formulating a cannabis infused version of that, where it's going to be, you know, fizzy tabs and they're going to be cannabis infused, you know, little candies, they'll be lower dose because you can eat as many of them as, as you want. And they're great. They're portable and they're delicious. So that'll be coming out this year in California as well in Q4. And, um, as we expand in other markets, you know, anybody that goes on our website, you'll see, we have gummies formulated. We have gummies ready to go. We even have this really high dose syrup that I am so excited about the product, but frustratingly as cannabis is regulation shifted literally while we've been in market and we have to reconsider what we can do with that product in California because formulation regulations changed under. Yeah. That's the, that's a tricky thing about the business. What about onset? Like I have not really partaken that much in cannabis beverages, so I don't have my own personal experience, but is it faster? Like I'm talking about the soda specifically here. If you're like at a party and you bring, you know, everybody's like drinking beer, but you brought your Jones soda with you. It's not, is it going to kick in as quickly as a beer? say as, as far as, you know, as... it's really interesting. First of all, there's the specs that I can share about, you know, what you expect, but then what you put right next to that, everybody's body is different, right? Everybody, everybody I talked to, this is what to expect. They have their own version of that. So I think my caveat on anything I say is, is try it yourself and, and see what works for you. But there's a couple things that are interesting about beverage. And this is just science. When you intake cannabis in a beverage, it just hits faster. 
automatically. And I think that's part of because of the way the body digests it, because of the way it's traveling, and also the way the nano emulsification of the cannabis, which is homogenized through that whole drink, is really held in these tiny, tiny little particles that are kind of floating around in there, and they just digest faster. The other part of it is we are working with a fast onset infusion. So the numbers on it would be that most people notice it in less than 10 minutes, which for someone who's casually drinking and personally from my, this is now just my personal experience. I start to notice the high while I'm still enjoying the product, which for me reminds me of a nice strong beer, right? When I'm having a good strong beer halfway through it, I go, Hey, I'm feeling this thing. And and honestly, I think that was our goal is that someone who's sessioning at a party, someone who's having two or three of these over the course of a night, that they might notice it as they go. And then another fun thing about beverages as a way to take in cannabis is the off-ramp is also faster. So people tend to go up faster, but they come down faster. And so you're not buying into a rest of your night slowly, oh, I can't believe how effed up I got type thing. It's more about, oh, I like the way this feels. I can maintain it or I can let it taper off and go on with my day. So I think beverages are just a really fun way to consume cannabis. Can you, I mean, of course you're going to say yes to this. So maybe this is a rhetorical question because I was going to say, can you foresee a future where people, you know, are half the people are drinking beer and half the people are drinking cannabis, but are you finding that like millennials, Gen Z, are more like, who is your core audience for this kind of a product? You know, the relationship to alcohol is incredibly interesting. And you know, one of the things I find funniest about some of the data that I'm reviewing now is the job I just came to from this one. I had a very large beer client, one of the biggest that you can imagine in your mind. I was doing some very, you know, global strategy for them. And I was very much looking at usage trends and how they were seeing issues with occasions being lost to other things. And some of those were cannabis. And and while it's just a starting point of something, it's something to track. Because again, momentum is sometimes more important than scale. And other brands in cannabis have taken a very adversarial relationship to alcohol and said that we're a trade out, we're instead of... Some people are even antagonistically against alcohol. And you know, for us, we kind of... We're more of a yes and approach, right? We think... Honestly, I know a lot of people who choose to drink for a lot of different reasons, but I also know a lot of cannabis users who go back and forth and mix and match, right? And so I'm more comfortable in that space with saying it's however you want to use it. And in fact, our syrup product is formulated very specifically to be a mixer so that it can be used with mocktails, cocktails, soda, and used to reinforce and add flavor and hide to other things. And so for us, we're very much a collab brand and and that is both with our consumers and our friends, but also other products. And we think we think those go together great. What's your best seller right now? Well, I just heard from our sales team that our root beer is dominating with a very close second by orange and cream. And I just can't believe it because green apple's my personal favorite. I'm like, hey, everybody, green apple's my jam. I mean, a green apple teeny. Oh, yes, I love it. But, you know, people love root beer just across the board. And Jones Root Beer is an award-winning root beer already. So I personally think our root beer is incredible. But when we were looking at market data, I knew I had to put out a root beer because consumers of cannabis love root beer. It doesn't matter what market you look at. They love root beer. So root beer is very popular. 
Yeah, I can see a root beer float could be a oh good. Oh my god, yeah. And I took our root beer syrup and poured it over ice cream and I about lost my mind. So, Bob, this has been really interesting, so encouraging that a company mainstream company, quote unquote, like Jones is getting into the cannabis space with so much enthusiasm. You've got to use the word mainstream in as big a quotes as you got. I know, you- I know. It's not really mainstream, but whatever. A traditional, I guess maybe a traditional, a traditional uh, a non-cannabis CPG. brand. Yeah. Yes, a CPG brand would get into cannabis. It's just encouraging and uh, I wish you all the best. If people want to find out more about Jones, is there like a, should they follow you in on Instagram? What's the best kind of way to get Jones info? Do all that. Yeah. Our website's gomaryjones.com. You'll find everything up to date there. Our Instagram's always lively. Hit us up there. We're out and we're accessible. That's awesome, man. Well, best of luck. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. To find out more about Green Entrepreneur, head on over to greenentrepreneur.com for the latest cannabis and CBD news, thoughtful essays, tips, and insider tricks on how to succeed in the cannabis business, all that good stuff. And hey, if you like this podcast, do me a huge solid and go to wherever you may listen to your podcast and please rate and review our podcast. It does wonders for the algorithm, helps others find the podcast. Would so appreciate a review and a rating. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week.